welcome to this BioForum podcast. I am talking to Tara Cox, Head of Device Quality and Regulatory Compliance at Takeda, about EU MDR. Hello, Tara, and thank you for joining me today. Um, so I think the first thing that I, I need to ask you is, what is EU MDR? So EU MDR is the new EU medical device regulation that came into effect on the 26th of May 2021. And um, so it replaced the, the previous regulatory regime in Europe. So that was the medical device directive. And I guess the difference between the directive and the regulation is that the, the regulation is directly applicable at EU level. So previously, the, the directives were all kind of implemented locally in each country within the EU, which meant there were slight differences and slight challenges um, within each country as, as they made minor tweaks. So it's one thing with the regulation, at least. Um, it, it, it's brought in one regulation across Europe. And I guess the, the big changes with it, the original directive was written in the early 90s, um, and the, the regulations were then you know, written in the, the, the 2010s, I guess. So the huge amount of technological advancement in the interim. Um, so things like, you know, apps on your phone and nanomaterials and all of this kind of stuff was not even considered in the 90s. So a lot of that had to be included into the new regulations. So that was one of the drivers for it. Also, there's been quite a few high profile issues with, with devices that have impacted the entire market. So such as um, the metal on metal hip implant scandal. So there was, you know, tiny fragments of metal coming away with with um, people who were using hip implants and, and that was causing problems for patients. And then there was the um, poly implant prostase uh, breast implant scandal. So they were using industrial grade silicon to fill breast implants rather than medical grade. And again, the, the level of controls over it. So the, the level of control on devices has been significantly increased under the MDR. What do you see as the biggest changes that will impact the biopharmaceutical industry? Um, I guess for the biopharmaceutical companies, similar to, to who I work with, um, one of the biggest changes that is impacting them is, I guess, detailed under Article 117. So it basically means that any medicinal product that um, has a device component in it, so something like a pre-filled syringe or, or those kind of products, the device component now needs to be either CE marked or it needs to have evidence that it's met the requirements of CE marking and, and they call this a notified body opinion. So previously these devices um, or these products, the, the device component was essentially considered primary packaging, but under the new regulation now it brings device requirements for it. So it, it's a combination of both the drug and, and the medicine side of it. So that's um, quite a challenge for our community and quite a change. And can you tell us a little more about Article 117 and what it means? I guess maybe to expand on, on Article 117. So what it means is that the marketing authorization dossier for the medicinal product must contain evidence of CE marking or an opinion that the device meets the relevant general safety and performance requirements of the medical device regulation. Um, so that's Annex 1 within it. So it, it's predominantly speaking to integral combination products that are single use. Um, so as I mentioned, prefill syringes, auto-injectors, inhalers or nebulizers, and active transdermal patches. What other challenges do you see in terms of supporting the products? Yeah, I mean, under the, the new regulations, essentially, there's no grandfathering in of previous products um, for, for standalone devices. Everything has to be assessed under the new regulations. And all the authorities, the notified bodies who assess the products against the regulations also have to be reassessed. So I think that's definitely a challenge as well is, is 
resourcing and and um, having all the information available to support these products and and to continue them on market. I think that there's a lot of companies are looking at their portfolio and saying, you know, do we want to continue with this or do we want to look at something else? Um, I guess for the the requirements for those um, the combination products or the integral combination products. So that would be products like the prefill syringes or auto injectors um, that previously were managed on as a medicine only and now have, have device requirements. Anything that was already approved by the EMA, it, it doesn't come into effect until there's a significant change. Um, so that is one thing that they're not looking to, to review already on market products when it comes to medicines, but for anything going forward, um, it will impact them. Okay, thank you. And, and how is Bioforum helping in this? So I've been working with Bioforum for, for a while now on this. So I guess the, the particular team I'm working with were a, a collection of biopharmaceutical companies, essentially. Some have some device experience, some are completely new to this. And it's just looking at what are the challenges for a pharmaceutical company or biopharmaceutical company in implementing these requirements, particularly when we're talking about an integral combination product. Um, and you know, previously the syringe or whatnot was managed as primary packaging of the product. And now we're looking at it in terms of a device. So you have to look at, at the risk of it and the, I guess, the, the design control for it. That's a completely new concept for um, a pharmaceutical company, the, the device design control. So, you know, getting together with, with a bunch of colleagues who are all facing the same challenges and, and pooling our, our shared information on it and looking at, you know, what are the outstanding issues for industry on this and you know is there guidance in place or is there gaps out there you know that um the medical device coordination group the ngcg has has some information available on what's needed the ema um the european medicine agency has also issued some guidance documents and q a's on what the requirements are but it's still a little bit unknown um, and there's been relatively few products that have gone through the notified body opinion process um, so it it's still an awful lot unknown and I think we're all trying to figure it out so I think Bioforum has been great to get together and, and figure out what is the best knowledge of industry and and, and um, being able to compile that and, and share that as needs be. Okay thank you and what do you and the team you work with in Bioforum hope the paper will do for the community? So we're, we're putting together I guess our, our collective knowledge and we've done some work with um, surveys and, and querying other companies you know what is your experience and what does it look like so we can kind of set this out as a benchmarking of you know th this is where industry is at and this is what we think best practice is going to be so you know if it is something that's completely novel for a company you know there's some idea of how everyone else is approaching it and what it might look like. Thank you for talking to me today Tara. Tara and I will be following up on the subject of EU MDR in an upcoming podcast that will cover the specific challenges felt by importers and distributors due to the new requirements under this regulation. If you would like any further information about work that is being progressed in Bioforum, please contact us at info at bioforum.com or visit the website.